Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about endpoint detection and response, as well as user and entity behavior analytics. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Aviva Lighten. She's Vice President and Distinguished Analyst with Gartner. Aviva, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Good morning, Tom. So, Aviva, your role has evolved significantly in the past year. What are your main areas of research now with Gartner? Well, Tom, I'm still continuing to follow fraud detection and identity proofing, but I have expanded my research into what we call user and entity behavior analytics. It's a form of security analytics. I'm also following more broadly security analytics. And the big new thing for me is endpoint security. What these all have in common, by the way, and what I'm bringing from my fraud expertise and background is the techniques that fraud's been using for years, for decades, have finally moved into security probably about two, three years ago. It's very early days, though. So these techniques include advanced analytics, machine learning, profiling, supervised and unsupervised learning. And we've seen that for years since Falcon started with credit cards. Now we're starting to see that in security. Aviv, I want to talk about user and entity behavior analytics. This is something that's being discussed an awful lot in the marketplace, and certainly security leaders are moving in this direction. What I find interesting, though, is you're saying in your predictions that this really hot market is going to go away within the next five years. Why is that? It's going to be mainstream, basically. So right now, UEBA is a discrete market that is characterized by the technologies the vendors bring to bear. What we were talking about before that we've seen for years in the fraud market, the UEBA vendors bring profiling. So everything that Tom does, we build a profile for his average activity. They also look at anomalies to that activity using machine learning, supervised and unsupervised. So that's why it's a new market in security, but in five years it'll be mainstreamed into existing markets, so into different areas like data exfiltration, identity access management, endpoint security, cloud security. It's basically security is getting smarter. Machine learning, artificial intelligence is very much changing the landscape. So it won't be a separate market anymore. It'll just be integrated with other markets. So how do you see organizations using these tool, tools now, and how should they be preparing, I guess I won't say for obsolescence, but for this convergence? Let's start with how they're using the tools. The main drivers for using UEBA are threefold. One, they want to reduce the alert volume. When you're using rule-based systems, and that's just based on human knowledge of what kind of attacks can happen, you end up with lots of alerts. When you don't have a machine correlating all these alerts and looking for commonalities, you can end up with thousands of alerts and they're not prioritized. So most companies that have existing security systems are using UBA to reduce that volume. They feed in existing alerts and data and they end up with much lower alert volume and the alerts are prioritized. 
The second reason they're using it is to reduce investigation time. So when an alarm goes off, the security staff have to figure out what happened, what machines are affected, who they should shut down, etc. So with UEBA technology, all the data is brought together and correlated, so it's very easy for the security officer to go in and see a timeline of events and exactly what happened, who was affected, and they could respond very quickly. <laughs> and the third reason is to detect the bad guys. So the first two were mainly operational concerns for response also, but the third is better detection. And the way I can put it most clearly is to recall what one CISO told me from a big box retailer. He said he had his perimeter under control. He had the known threats pretty much under control. You know, no, nothing's ever totally under control, but he felt comfortable when he went to bed at night that the known threats were being taken care of. But it was the unknown, he did, the things that he didn't know how to ask about. That's why he bought UEBA because it was using anomaly detection, which is looking for unknown unknowns. And some of those unknown unknowns are threats. So that's why the CISOs are getting UEBA to sit alongside their existing systems. In terms of what, how they prepare for the convergence of UBA with other systems, the vendors will hopefully do that for them. So. If they're using a popular UEBA vendor today, that you, some of them want to become the sim of the future, the, you know, the broad scope security monitoring for the future, and some of the clients will go along with them on that. Otherwise, their existing sim systems, for example, will become more intelligent and will be able to interface with the, the system they invested in. So, all the vendors are very aware that nobody wants to throw out a multi-million dollar investment, so they're being forced to make sure it all integrates in the future. Now, you know, obviously there are going to be some bumps along the road, but if they stick with good vendors, the job hopefully will be much easier. Aviva, let's talk about endpoint detection and response. In your latest bulletin, you say that there are four main vendors controlling that market now. What would you say has been key to their success above others in the space? What they all have in common, and I'll go through each one individually as well, is they're selling more than just endpoint detection and response. Clients don't want to have to do a lot of system integration. They want to reduce the number of vendors they're working with. So the vendors that are successful, including the four that we'll talk about in a minute, are offering broader platforms than just endpoint detection and response. So let's start with Tanium. Tanium is not only selling security operations, but they're also selling IT operations. So they appeal to security buyers and CIOs. Uh, and so basically the security buyers, because of their IT operations capability, can buy them for hygiene, like vulnerability assessment, patch management, and EDR. Tanium wants to be a platform company. They don't even consider themselves a cybersecurity company. They want companies to buy their platform and buy another module, uh, probably a few modules every year. They want their clients to get rid of the point solutions and use them 
for both IT operations and security. Carbon Black's another uh, one of those four vendors. They're trying to be the complete endpoint solution. So it's not just the EDR detection piece, they want to provide the protection piece. As you know, the uh, antivirus market, we call it endpoint protection, that's about a $3.3 billion market now. So vendors on the EDR side, like Carbon Black, have been entering this endpoint protection market and trying to uproot and displace the incumbents, like Symantec and McAfee and Trend. And a company like Carbon Black is trying to offer all the endpoint security functionality a company needs so they can have a big chunk of that big market. FireEye, their success was largely because they were first to market starting around 2012. They had malware sandboxing. I'm sure you remember going to the RSA conference, their big booth talking about the sandboxing, email security, seeing all these attacks coming into the enterprise, being able to detonate them. They had good threat intelligence, the Mandiant um, you know, acquisition of FireEye brought this certain uh, intrigue and appeal with the consulting that Mandiant did around the Chinese hackers. And they too are trying to provide platforms. So they've got three separate products now for endpoint email and network security, and they're trying to become a platform vendor. If you look at a company like CrowdStrike, the fourth one, they're really known for their managed threat hunting services. And I'm sure you've heard their name with regards to the Russian hack of the DNC. That's indicative of the kind of expertise they have in threat hunting that they've been commercializing. A lot of CISOs want to use CrowdStrike because they take the burden off their staff, they manage the service, and they're also trying to get into this endpoint protection market. In fact, they're in Gartner's Magic Quadrant this year. They, they're pretty new to antivirus, but they're trying to become a complete endpoint protection vendor also, protection and detection. So Viva, because of ransomware, certainly everybody is talking about endpoint protection these days. How do you see this market morphing in the year ahead? Well, from the threat perspective, what we're seeing is over half of the malware now is file less. There's no writing to disk. So ransomware is almost a threat of the past, not that it's gone away. You know, it's still alive and well. But the new threats, you know, it's a little bit like the target breach, if you remember that. I'm sure you do. The criminals went in with malware that was loaded into memory. It was not written to disk. So all the traditional tools didn't work, even though they were PCI certified. That's what's happening in this endpoint market. The criminals are starting to use techniques that the tools aren't catching. So there's a lot of pressure on the vendors to put in more machine learning, to put in memory protection, to be able to have more uh, behavioral detection. Right now, the malware detection market has largely been signature-based or rule-based. And it's just like the fraud market that you're very well aware of. You can't keep up with the criminals if you're using rules that describe yesterday's attacks. You got to look at tomorrow's attacks. So that means you've got to have all kinds of advanced analytics so you're prepared for things that you don't know about. 
Also, I think there'll be more dimensions for analytics. Everything comes together on a user's endpoint, and the endpoint vendors know that they're sitting on a, a treasure chest of data. So they're trying to put more types of analytics into their systems in the future, whether it's a user dimension or a data dimension. They're also trying to bring managed services to bear. As I mentioned with CrowdStrike, they've done very well because they'll just take over the problem for you. They'll manage it for you. A lot of users find that appealing. So I think that that's the way the market's going to morph. It's going to get smarter. The software will get much smarter with advanced analytics and machine learning, more dimensions for analytics with user information, data information, you won't have to have a rocket scientist and data expert looking at the alerts. It'll be easy for anybody to understand what's going on if the vendors do it right. And if you don't even want to bother in your organization, you should be able to outsource it and have a vendor take over the management of that security for you. And by the way, this is going to be a very big market because it's combining with the protection market. So today, the market's $3.3 billion on the protection side and about a half a billion on the detection side. That'll grow to nearly $5 billion when you combine those and put in the growth that we expect to see by 2020. So we're talking about a lot of investment. Aviva, how do you see organizations using endpoint detection and response now? Is it, is it a mature market? And how would you say their needs are going to change? Do you see them moving more toward managed services rather than bringing these tools in-house? If you look at how it's being used today, EDR was largely put in place in response to the breaches. As you know, there's been lots and lots of data breaches that started with an endpoint attack. And there was no good forensic recording that enabled law enforcement or the enterprise to figure out what happened. So what EDR did is it provided a black box recorder, kind of like you know when the airplane crashes, you want to know what happened, you go get the black box and you figure it out. That's exactly how EDR started. And then it grew to the fact, well, let's not just have a recording, let's use this data to see what's going on. So it became a proactive detection engine. And what I mean by that is, as you well know, the protection measures that we had, the antivirus systems on our desktop, failed to catch a great portion of the attacks. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had all these attacks, because pretty much everyone has some kind of AV engine running. So companies woke up. And this is very similar to the fraud world, by the way. And they realized, boy, we ha can't assume that the protection is working. And it's akin to authentication. We can't assume that authentication works at a bank. So what did they do? They put in fraud detection. Same thing with the endpoint market. They couldn't assume that the protection worked, so they put in detection. So that's how EDR evolved, first as a black box, then as a detection engine, and that detection engine, by the way, is not very easy to use. You have to have very skilled security analysts that understand how to go in there and look around. So what they do is they go in, they try to identify a threat, they use indicators of compromise from threat intelligence feeds, and then they see, oh boy, Tom's machine's infected. 
with this latest malware that's going around, and then they'll say, okay, who else is infected? So they use it to detect threats based on what they know externally or what they're suspecting, and then they use, to, they use it to see who else in the enterprise is infected. And then they use it to launch a response and remediation effort. Most of that's very manual today. So now we know Tom's machine is infected and 10 of his colleagues are infected. So now we're going to isolate their machines and re-image them, et cetera. And that's pretty much how it's being used. The needs are already changing because everybody wants easier to use systems that you don't have to be a tier three SOC analyst to use. If you look at the interfaces of these systems, you really have to be very technically astute to use them. So the needs are, they change the minute these systems were implemented. One CISO said to me, you know, he was ready to throw the EDR system away because it was so labor intensive until he realized he could take the EDR data and feed it to a UEBA system, as we talked about before, that filtered out the noise, lowered the alert volume. So we're going to see more of that in the future. The systems are going to get easier to use. They're going to get more intelligent, more proactive. And for those that don't even want to manage them, you'll see more managed services. So, Dave, as you talk to clients today, what would you say is their appetite for new security investments? Well, in general, the security market's growing about 7% compound annual growth over the next five years. So it's, you know... Uh, that's a reasonable growth rate. But these new markets like the EDR market, the cloud security market, those are growing more than three times as fast, so about a 22 to 23% compound annual growth rate. So the appetite for these new solutions is very strong because the environment's changing and they need to spend the money just to keep up. So in the case of cloud security, as you know, lots of applications are moving to the cloud. Lots of users are using their own mobile devices to get to those applications. So there's tremendous demand for visibility and access controls uh, into employee and other people's use of cloud applications. Same thing with the EDR market. They've spent a lot of money on protection. It hasn't worked. They have no choice. They're getting attacked. The attacks are increasing at a very strong rate. Uh, I'm not, I don't have any numbers around it, but the clients I talk to say that they're you know, increasing substantially. Banks are saying that. So they have to invest in detection because the prevention is not working. So they have to assume the attacks are getting in and catch it before it does too much damage. So I'd say the appetite for certain segments of the security market is very healthy. Uh, and for the overall security market, 7% compound growth rates is not, uh, is not that little. You know, it's, uh, it's, um, I think it's commensurate with what's needed. Aviva, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the great questions, Tom. Been talking about endpoint detection and response, as well as user and entity behavior analytics. It's been my pleasure to be speaking with Aviva Leighton, Vice President and Distinguished Analyst with Gartner. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.